Dang. Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Hey, happy Monday, Jamie. How was yes, your weekend? It was busy. Yeah, the hubby's birthday was yesterday. Oh, nice, nice. Hope yeah. you did something fun. Of course. Good, good. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. Uh, we're going to kick it off by talking about the economy, gas prices, what's happening and why. Why do we see an increase in prices? What is next? I want you to hear uh, just a little bit from a Fox 10 report as we start this off, because when it comes to the economy, there are certain things that affect everyone. Housing costs would be one of them. Cost of food and necessities. There are some things that you can cut out of your budget, but there are things that you have to have. So we're going to start with gas prices. This is from Fox 10 talking about skyrocketing gas prices. Gas stations across Phoenix and other parts of western Arizona experiencing challenges keeping up with demand. That's causing gas prices to go up. The average price in the Phoenix area is now $4.22 a gallon. That's up 60 cents a gallon in the last month. So um, according to Patrick DeHaan from Gas Buddy, they are saying that parts of Phoenix or Phoenix and parts of western Arizona are experiencing a shortage. And it's a temporary shortage getting gas to the pumps as fast as motorists want to fill up. So one of the suggestions is they're asking people not to fill their cars up completely when they stop to get gas, that that would keep more pumps or more gas in the tanks and the fuel tanks. And uh, it might keep prices stabilized. But this is something along with the new mixture that's used this time of year. We use a mixture that's far above what the federal government requires because of the air quality here in Arizona being in a dust bowl and otherwise. So it's one of the things that Arizona does in order to uh, improve air quality is the mixture of fuel that we use this time of year. Another one of the stories says only two large U.S. cities have afford- ha- are affordable for new home buyers, and those two are Cleveland and Pittsburgh. There's not another major city with enough affordable housing. Phoenix is certainly not on that list. But the reason why we keep talking about these things are what are the solutions to the problem? We had Steve Kaiser, Senator Steve Kaiser from District 2 in the studio last week talking about a bill that would help with zoning. And for the people that don't understand the costs of this and the expense and the frustration and the time-consuming things that happen, it's this, that everybody wants, and I agree with this, managed growth is important. Managed growth, intentional growth is important. I grew up in a part, and I love where I grew up in Southwest Florida, the Fort Myers area. Fort Myers is my where I grew up. I was born in Ohio, but I grew up in Florida. The Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Naples area, that is just a beautiful area of Southwest Florida. But the growth there was not managed properly, in my humble opinion. When I go home, the traffic lights, the traffic on the surface streets, there's not enough freeways. Everything goes north and south. There's not much that goes east and west. You're stuck on main roads. Sometimes there are five or six traffic lights within a mile. It is insanely crowded and packed during the tourist season. The roads are weird. Um, And so... I look at the way growth was handled there, and it doesn't look the same. Now, downtown Fort Myers, where I grew up, they've done a great job of making a historic little quaint town to go to. The old courthouse downtown, a big banyan tree. So it is quaint in downtown Fort Myers, but the growth has not been managed the way it's been managed here. The way the streets were laid out early on, the grid formation, everything west is an avenue, everything east is a street. The freeway growth has been very, very good here. So no one is talking about compromising managing. Growth. But when you're talking about expediting the process for zoning, when you are talking about limiting the cost, land developers have a lot going on with zoning. 
They work with architects. They have to work with different designers and engineers. And what ends up happening is these projects and people are investing money. Now, if it's cash, first of all, you've got cash that's just sitting there. It's not making any money anywhere else. But if it's borrowed money, if you financed something or financed a project, you may be having to pay that back or or incurring interest while this is in the design phase. It gets to be very expensive. It's out of hand for many people. So what should be a process that gets expedited, where they go through the process to make sure you're dotting the I's and crossing the T's and the cities have input, instead of it being that way, what ends up happening is these fights go on and lawyers get involved and architects and engineers and it takes an extended period of time to get approval. So it could be a year or two or maybe more than that even before a shovel goes into the ground. So you buy a piece of land and this is the frustration on the building side, but how it affects every one of the consumers is this. We have a housing shortage, so they're not getting built fast enough. And in the end, the cost of that piece of property, the cost of each individual unit that will be built there goes up because the cost of putting in the infrastructure, the engineering, the zoning, and all of that cost goes into the cost of that property. So rent is higher. It's just a nightmare. So when you drive in my old neighborhood, uh, kind of the Arcadia light area, when you drive up 44th Street or you drive up 32nd Street north from anywhere, from McDowell North all the way up to Lincoln, what you end up seeing is multiple projects being built, especially on 32nd Street, multifamily dwellings, a mixture of commercial and and uh, residential, and it's good for the valley. The issue is how long are those projects in the process of getting the zone clearance. Now, there are some people that think that this is a great idea, except at a time, it's not just the wealthy land developers that are coming in that want to make substandard housing. No one is even siding with that. It ends up the end user pays a huge price. It's all factored in, especially when we cannot build them fast enough. And right now, this is where we're stuck. It's the housing costs in the valley remain extremely high. And part of it is we don't have enough housing. I feel for, listen, being a homeowner, it's it's not a bad thing for me because the equity in my home continues to grow more rapidly than the average most of the time. We've seen a little softening, but it's still very high. But it also means when interest rates go up that younger people are probably paying higher rent, which means they're saving less for a home. It takes them longer to gather the down payment. The down payment falls short sometimes because housing prices exceed their ability to save. So this is all a big issue, and it's going to become a bigger issue. You look around. You look in the Far East Valley with what Intel is doing. You look at the chip plant in the Northwest Valley. You look at places where the reason why people lived there was because it was kind of the outskirts of town, which meant you could get more bang for your buck. You could go out in the North Phoenix and the Norterra area of Happy Valley Road and north of there, Joe Max and the other areas of the valley. You could go out there and buy a, a nice-sized home with a swimming pool and a big backyard and a mountain view, and you could get it very reasonably priced, where in downtown Phoenix in the Arcadia area or the Central Corridor, you couldn't possibly touch it for that kind of money. Well, when you see these major businesses coming in and the huge expansion we have and the more jobs that are coming that are higher paying, all great for Arizona's economy, except for the people that are getting left behind in the housing market. And that, for me, is one of the biggest issues. And the way it spills over into the rest of our economy, if you are eating up almost every penny you make – 
or I should say take home, if you are eating up every penny that you take home and keeping a roof over your head and food in your refrigerator and your kid's stomach, what do you buy? What else are you buying? And that's when the other industries begin to suffer. That's when restaurants begin to suffer. That's when the clothing industry begins to suffer. The smaller mom and pop businesses begin to suffer because people have less discretionary income. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. But if we are not looking at issues, if we are not looking at ways we can ease this, no one – it's not a one-size-fits-all, and it certainly isn't a – there isn't going to be a magic pill. But there are things that can be done legislatively that ease this process. This not-in-my-backyard thing is going to have to go by the wayside for some people, and there are going to be some people that are upset because they don't want multifamily uh, dwellings, multifamily, whether it's apartment complexes or fourplexes, duplexes. They don't want them in their neighborhood. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough, and a lot of it has nothing to do with they think it's lower-income people. It's what it does to traffic. If you look, I just was talking about 32nd Street. There have been some major projects that have gone in on 32nd Street, 32nd Street and Camelback, and you go south there near Indian School. Um, uh, and you, there are some major apartment complexes that have gone in. There is a big apartment complex that just went in just not long ago at 44th Street and Oak. There's a QT. Right there is a big shopping plaza where Costco is. But now there's this big apartment complex on the east side of the road. You go a little further south, closer to McDowell on 44th Street and there is some houses like a like a little uh, you know master plan community. I think Taylor Morrison owned it. Well, that is going to add a lot to the traffic. Very close to the freeways, but when you get to that light at 44th Street and Oak, when you're sitting at that light, sometimes the line is is a half a mile long. People are trying to get into Costco for the cheaper gas. People are trying to get around that light to get to the freeways. You got right around the corner is the um is the uh um QT and then right around the corner from that apartment complex you're just you're just north of the freeway. So um we've got to figure out a way to find a happy medium. If we don't, we are always going to see sprawl. People are moving east, people are moving north, people are moving west. Um and we haven't really seen a big expansion south. Maricopa's grown a little bit. But what are we going to do for families that are just starting out? This is the biggest question and I think it's a great question. What we're going to do in just a moment, I had a fun weekend because, um, as you know, education is a big topic with me. And I've asked, I've, I've asked and asked and asked and asked the people from the teacher organizations to come on this show. Well, they had a community meeting. Now, I did not sign up for the community meeting, but I had to know a bunch of people that did that were told you can't come to this community meeting. You're not allowed in the community meeting. I'm going to tell you what it was all about. It's actually really interesting. It's going to happen in just a couple of moments. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. So a lot of conversation happens about schools. Recently, educators from the Arizona Educators United, the AEU, which is a teacher organization, they call themselves a union, but they're really not. Uh, They want to be, but they're really not. Um, They are very upset, and they always are very upset, which I can't figure out. They're always upset. When it was Red for Ed back in 2018, the Red for Ed movement was huge. It was hard to ignore. Um, you couldn't ignore it. You know, 77,000 people strong marching on the Capitol, demanding a raise that they were already told they were going to get. 
Um, but the new movement has slowed dramatically because what's left are this. Um, what is uh, what's left of this movement is still really. Um, just people that are upset about things, trying to regain some power, dealing with the uh, American Federation of Teachers. And so the reason why this is an issue to me is because I think that all of us should be focused on kids. All of us should be doing what we can, whether we agree or disagree. The focus should be on the kids. Now, a couple of things happened. Um Tom Horn, the superintendent, this is where I think educators, and I mean this sincerely, the educators that are involved in this movement, this is where I think they're off track. If you don't recognize that you are losing the culture war battle with parents and you've seen the massive changes that have been happening in school boards, that more and more parents are getting involved, which is a good thing, that they were upset not because they were told no. They were upset because they were ignored. They were told to be quiet. They were told you're not welcome here. And it happened. And I've got proof that it happened. We all know it happened. Scottsdale Unified School District, Chandler, across the country, National School Board Association. Association, calling them domestic terrorists. We know what happened. And there's reason for concern. If you look at some of the headlines, I've got headlines to read. Um, Latina mom fights Texas school over seducing hooker game played with middle school students. You know, rock, paper, scissors. I didn't even know this drinking game existed. But it, it's like rock, paper, scissors. But instead of rock, paper, scissors, you have to strike a pose. And one of the posers is you have to strike like you have strike a pose like a seducing hooker prostitute let's be you know politically correct and they were playing this game with middle school kids um lawmakers pushed to ban secret student pronoun changes to keep parents informed um culture change a uh, covid changed parents view of schools and ignited the education culture war um so the reason why i say these things is for educators to say that there is no concern for parents that parents don't have anything to worry about that these are all these very crazy people is just not true so let me start with what happened on sunday so over the over the at the end of the week last week i was informed that there was a community meeting our friends at the aea or is it aea or aeu um aeu arizona education United. Um, they were holding a community meeting. It was a teleconference call. And so a bunch of people signed up. And then this message went out. I po- posted on social media. If you want to see these two messages, go to my so go to Facebook, go to my Twitter, anywhere you can see them. Uh, here it says, thank you for registering for the AEU community meeting today at 4 p.m. That was this happened yesterday. We just wanted to reach out and let you know that we are pre-screening every person who registers and will not be allowing any members of the community to join the meeting that we can either not find information about online or have been deemed opposition. So if you disagree with them, you're not allowed on the call. Then a couple of people sent me this. This is what they received. Your registration for the meeting below has been canceled. You will not receive any further emails about this meeting. So they held their meeting. It was an hour or so long. Uh, I think 28 or 30 people were on the call. That was it. And what they did was they complained about Tom Horn. It was actually called, it was titled, A Horn in Our Side. Very clever. Um, And they complained about the Empower Hotline. They talked about this poor uh, Washington Elementary School District board member that's been uh, people have been talking about because she said Christians should not be allowed to teach in their elementary school district because they signed a pledge saying that we believe this is now again. You can't teach elementary school kids because you believe marriage should be between a man and a woman only that it precludes you from teaching in their public school system. So that was part of the meeting. 
And then, of course, the pitch uh, by Union. Her name is Rebecca Gorelli. I have never met Miss met Miss Gorelli, but she is affectionately known as Union Becky by her friends. Um, then they put out the call to join the union because they. I don't have any idea how many people are paying dues to this organization, but if you're a teacher and you are, you may want to think about where your money is going. So then, um, on their message boards, they have, again, private Facebook messages. You think it's hard to get on one of these phone calls, try to get on one of their message boards. So they're very upset about this Empower Hotline, which allows parents to call in and say, we have an issue with something that a teacher is teaching or something being taught in a specific class that doesn't belong in this class, and we'd like you to look into it. They hate it. They say it's an affront on teachers. By the way, I'm getting all of these messages from teachers, from people in education. So on their private Facebook page, which obviously is not so private because I have a whole bunch of messages, uh, there's a guy that writes, everyone should put this number in your directory. And apparently it's the number to the hotline. Call it whenever you can and keep the only person answering on the phone very busy. Formal complaint against Tom Horn's behavior and how it negatively affects your children or classroom. Don't have time for a conversation? Just dial in and keep MAGA offline. Make Tom Horn the number one complaint on his own line. So this is these are adults, by the way. These are grown-ups that want to teach your children. These are the ones that call themselves professional educators. They are telling their members, spike the hotline. So they won't let anybody on their meeting because you're afraid you'll say something disruptive and disagree with them in their meeting. That was a community meeting. That's how they build it. You can't be a part of their community meeting. But then they are actively telling people on there. And by the way, prominent members of the AEU are also retweeting these messages and reposting these messages and sharing these messages privately with their group of people telling their members, call the hotline, be disruptive, make the complaint so that MAGA Republicans, again, the other side of this, they're the extremists, not us. We're not extremists because we're grownups spiking this hotline. No, we're not extreme in our behavior. The MAGA Republicans who did this, not the normal parents who just may have a complaint, not reasonable people. They're all unreasonable. We're the only reasonable ones. I just wanted you to know these are educators. Nothing mentioned about children. Nothing mentioned about test scores going up. Nothing mentioned about that. All about teachers unions, join the union, pay your dues, and spike the hotline. That's what's going on. Gatos joins me in a moment. It's the BQ poll question of the day, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Good morning, Gatos. Good morning, Mike. How are you today? Good, good. You have a good weekend? A very nice weekend. How about you? Good, good. So did the uh, the fam enjoy Taylor Swift? Uh, my wife and son and uh, daughter went to see Taylor Swift, and I'm, you know, they said they saw you. You were dancing. You were in outfit. It was great. I'm glad you went, man. I, I didn't think you were going to go, but uh, they said they saw you dancing and all I'm, that kind of stuff. If I'm going to go, I'm going in style, man. <laughs> uh, did you hear the big news Friday, late Friday? Al McCoy. Yeah. Uh, He's going to retire after all these years. So I put this cue together. Here we go. Let's hear it. Al McCoy has announced that this will be his last season as the voice of the Suns. I think, A, he's the best play-by-play man in Arizona sports history. B, 
Well, the Suns better win it this year for Al. Uh, and uh, see, he deserves a rest after 51 seasons. I, I'm I'm not surprised that he's hanging mm-hmm. it up. He's done it for so long. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, you know, he's missed a lot of home games, which means his health probably isn't that great. He's He's been fighting a few things here and there. You know, but, but he man. is, I agree with A on your list. He is, he's, we throw the word legend around a lot. That is, he is a legendary announcer. Oh, yeah. And I've oh, been, yeah. I've had the privilege of doing a couple of things with him, uh, commercials and stuff. Uh, not a nicer person alive. He is just, yeah. everything you would hope he would be, he is, and even more as a human being. I like to go over to Al's house, and you know he and I tan together. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, we sit out by the pool. His butler brings us these fancy, like kind of I don't know what you call them, finger sandwiches. Yes. But it's just wonderful. Oh, I didn't know you were wonderful. that. I didn't know you oh. guys were that close. Uh, Al and I, Al and I are tight. We've been doing that for years, and uh, yeah, I, I will continue to do that. He'll have a little more time on his hands, so that'll be okay. But I'll do. His butler really does make good sandwiches. I will tell you something. <laughs> When um, <laughs> here I was going all serious about Al McCoy and what a great guy he is, um, and it, when I got to, wow. I got to film two commercials with him, and it was just a okay. blast. It was a blast. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's uh, he's such a fun guy, and he comes in the station once in a while. It's been a while because you know COVID and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but uh, yeah, I I just I hope they replace him with John Bloom. That's that's yeah. the guy I want to see. Yeah, the Bloomer is very very good. Now the fans Absolutely. like him, and yep. you can't replace a legend. But you know what? You can get a great play by play guy. You sure and I can. love the Bloomer. I, yeah, I he's agree good. with you a hundred percent. And he uh, McCoy deserves a, a he deserves the rest. And uh, all the accolades he's going to get. Hall of Famer, Ring of Honor, just a cool guy, and I'm glad for him. That's a great question this morning, so I appreciate it. Yep, you got it, man. Thanks. That's Gatos, the BQ Poll question today, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Um, What we're going to do just after 9 o'clock is we're going to talk about former President Trump. Will he be arrested? And if so, what are the implications? And what will the charges be? All that's coming up next.